Welcome to the Born Unbreakable Podcast. I'm your host, Coach Des, mindset motivator and lifestyle entrepreneur. From lost trauma, disappointments, and devastation to healing hope and betterment, what has grounded me is my unbreakable spirit. We all have that spirit within us. Every week, I'm here to inspire you with stories of perseverance and growth. My mission is to help you crush self-limiting beliefs and to be unapologetically you. You are your only limit, so take action today. Let your unbreakable ride begin now. This episode is brought to you by Brossery. More than just bra straps, the accessory I love. With styles from dainty to daring, you will too. Click the link in the description or go to brossery.com and use promo code BUSHIP to get free shipping on your order today. Welcome everyone to the Born Unbreakable podcast. I'm so excited about my guest today. I have Joanne Keeter. She is an award-winning author. She's authored multiple full-length novels, including one that I'm listening to at the moment on Audible called The Story of Kiva. And I just learned that it's been nominated for an award. Um, It's actually a finalist for the Page Turner Awards. Yes. Oh, that's amazing. Mm -hmm. Um, And you've gotten a number of different awards for the work Mm -hmm. that you've done over the years. So it's so exciting. Um, And you've also authored Welcome to Tory Tory Falls. So I'm excited to... Piney Falls. Piney Falls. Mm -hmm. I was thinking of Tory Pines. (laughs) Piney Falls, Tory Pines. I know. I I went to a college in San Diego and there's Tory Pines there. And it's like always in my head. (laughs) But um, uh, Joanne and I were just talking and she is actually a uh well i don't know if convert's the right word but um you've moved from nebraska Mm -hmm. and now you're in the pacific northwest you're right there in vancouver on the border of washington and oregon and i've used to frequent oregon and it's such a beautiful place a lot of greenery um and as many of you know who have listened to me for a long time um being from California, where we've got dry weather, um, we, you know, sometimes wish for that rain to just kind of make its way south a little bit. Um, but I also learned, Joanne, that you worked for 16 years as a piano teacher before Correct. going off to get your uh, degree in creative writing. So that's really, yes. really, so you've got a lot of creativity is what I've learned about you from you know, your creative juices and doing something like piano and then channeling that into writing is pretty spectacular. And um, I'm I'm just excited to have such a, an amazing, creative, literary, um, honorable author on the show because, you know, I, I think there's people that are listening with dreams of maybe authoring their own book one day, whether it's fiction or a biography or something like that. So maybe they'll learn a thing or two about what your journey was like. (laughs) I hope so. I'd love to, I'd love to be able to inspire somebody. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so why don't you, why don't we start with your journey to, um, what brought you out from Nebraska to the, the Northwest and, uh, the Pacific Northwest? How, how did you uh, make that move? So my husband uh, worked for the railroad at the time, and he got one lifetime transfer. And he had put in for a transfer to come out here right before the recession happened. And they said, no, we're not doing transfers. And so we we went on with our lives. And my first novella came out, uh, ended up coming out. And we got a phone call. Your transfer went through. You have to go. You have to be up there in three weeks. So he left. I had a book signing, and, and I joined him. Um, just a couple of weeks later and I just sort of closed my eyes and jumped because I thought well you know you know the the adage the leap and then that will appear so that's what I did I quit my job I had my book signing and, and everything was good we drove up into the sunset and we ended up here and we had no place to live <laughs> at first and we um, just had a terrible adjustment to the weather and I just fell off a cliff and I didn't write anymore for um, well six years so it was rough. It, I, I couldn't find any friends. I couldn't find a job. I was I broke my foot and I was isolated in our home. So it was hard to meet people. And um, yeah, I just really I fell off a cliff hard. That's that's change. That's drastic. That's kind yes. of one extreme to the other when you're you're a creative writer and then you've lost that that spark moving to a mm-hmm. new environment. So tell me about the 
how you went from the six years of not writing, what got you back into it? So I, I've always kind of known that I was a writer, but I, I just sort of said, no, that's silly. You can't do that. You, you're, you, there are more important things to do. There are more, uh, you know, that's just for people who are, are really talented. Those are the things that, that I was telling myself all this time. And I thought, you know, I'll just do it later on sometime later on. And then my husband um, was out hiking in the woods and he had a massive heart attack and he ended up, um, his heart stopped six times. And as I was sitting in the hospital room watching the machines that kept him alive, it just sort of hit me. Well, if I'm not going to write now, when am I going to do it? Because we're not guaranteed tomorrow. The time is now. And so um, strangely enough, that his his tragedy spurred me forward and while during his recovery i wrote the story of keila that is remarkable that 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 story that 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 story right there blows my mind because i think in in the toughest moments sometimes is when we have the biggest revelations that's true that's so true wow so and even at that, I just kind of thought, okay, one and done. Nah, you know, but, but by that point, when I had finally listened to myself, listened to that voice inside me, it was strong enough that it said, nope, I'm coming out and, and this is what we're doing. And so I, I kept on, I kept moving forward. I kept doing book after book after book. And, and then I finally came to the realization, you know what, this is who I am. This is, I'm a writer. I'm going to write for the rest of my life as long as I have breath in my body, because this is what I'm put on this earth to do. Yeah. So, it is your gifting. Yeah. Yes. And, and by the way, everybody listening, joannekeeter.com. So J-O-A-N-N-K-E-D-E-R.com. You can see all of her books there, which there are many, like you said. And I hope you do keep writing because that, that uh, one of the things that I've learned about books, and I, I definitely am a listener of books more so now than flipping the pages, although I do love touching a physical book every now and then too, is uh, sometimes just the the headspace of getting away into it's like going on a little journey and that's mm -hmm. why I love about fiction is it sort of just takes you like watching a movie you know you get right. to go for a little bit even if it's just an hour into that space and it just can, it kind of takes you in this magical journey um so I I love that so I appreciate you giving us especially in a time like the pandemic when maybe sometimes we don't want to go outside <laughs> right, gives us right. something enjoyable to do um but I, I want to ask you about the writing process because mm -hmm. I, I know people who have written books and, and I've heard about writer's block and how mm -hmm. you can have these moments where things are great and then there's moments where you sit down and you're just hanging out. <laughs> so mm -hmm. how do you, what is your process for how you get into that space of really being able to sit and, and get into your creative juices? Well, I'll tell you that... Um as the the longer I've been doing this, the easier it is to get in that space because I really generally do not have a problem. However, I give myself several avenues so that, okay, if I sit down and this book is not happening today, I've got this way to go. So I've got, I always have a, I have books in, in three stages of development. So right now I have one in the fifth draft and I have one in the first draft and I have one in outline form. So if I sit down today to write and I'm not feeling the, the one that's in fifth draft, I'll, I'll go to the next one and I'll go to the next one or I'll do marketing or I will clean up files because that's that's part of writing too is mm -hmm. is just um you know making sure you've got things in order and I think if it just seems all too overwhelming just give yourself 20 minutes say but what you have to do first is is set yourself up the day before so say tomorrow I'm going to write about my characters. I'm gonna write everything I know about my characters in my book. And that may continue for days to come, but that gives you something so that when you sit down, you're not just staring at a blank piece of paper and saying, well, I don't know, you've got, you've got a project. This is what yeah. you're gonna to accomplish today. You've got a goal. Yes, you said. a goal, so that, thank yeah. you. That makes a lot of sense. Cause otherwise I can imagine if you don't do a little bit of that, it can be overwhelming. Where, where right. will I start? You know, right. I've barely right. got three pages here and I'm trying to write a whole book. Um, so that's, yeah. And, and that's not something that anybody should worry about it, it is a length. It's just about giving yourself the, um, first of all, giving yourself permission to do it and then giving yourself the tools. So, you know, 
there's something called the snowflake method that I found very helpful. And that breaks everything down so that you can just do one step at a time, however long that's going to take you. Um, and, and that's really nice because then you sit down, okay, this is my project for today, kind of like a homework, you know, mm -hmm. like you're in school and this is my homework. Yeah. Um, I think that's the, that's the most, uh, that's, I use that quite a lot for my process in the beginning and I found it very, very helpful. That's great. Yeah. So you don't put pressure on yourself to un give yourself unrealistic timelines. Right. You give yourself the space to actually really write for as long as you feel you need to until you right. move on to the next part of the project. Yeah. What, what, what inspires you? Like when you're like, let you take us back to when, one of your recent works, like the story of Keila, for example, mm -hmm. how do, how do you get inspired to f create the characters and, you know, make the storyline? Um, I, I think that I think some of it always is is autobiographical because she she moves from Iowa to well she moves from her town in Iowa to another town in Iowa twelve hours away, and she comes to all these realizations about her life that it wasn't really what she thought it was and I and I think that's probably I probably did some of the same stuff but um, yeah it it just hits me at random times and now that I'm open to accepting that and saying okay yeah. This is, this is a part of who I am. And I, I welcome those thoughts. They just come. They're just That's there. That's amazing. Yeah. Do you have, do you ever have those, those moments where you're doing something totally like, I don't know, you're in the kitchen washing dishes or you're doing laundry or you're watching a TV show and next thing you know, you've got some idea and then you've got Absolutely. to go, right? <laughs> yes. Um, and, and you know, the worst is when I'm when we're driving somewhere and it hits me and I, I'm not going to remember this when we get wherever we're going, you know, so do you carry and, a notebook all the time? I, I have my phone and I've tried to keep ideas in there, but they never quite materialize the way I want them to. So I, I do need to find a different process for that. Yeah. I can, I could just imagine there's some, you know, yeah. The next thing you know, you could have your stuff in four different places trying to right, figure out right. how to machinate it all together. Oh my gosh. Um, so have you always been uh, cr a creative? Like, did this start from childhood for you? It really did. It really did. Even though I, you know, I, I think there, there is a, maybe there's some research on this, but don't, don't quote me, but I believe that, it, that children uh, in the fourth grade, maybe if you ask them what they want to do for a living, that's, that's their true identity. That's before the world has really gotten to them and, and beat them up a little bit. And I, when we were getting ready to move, I found something that I had written in the fourth grade and it said, when I grow up, I want to be a writer. So, whoa. I knew it. It's just that I've pushed it away for so long that, that, um, you know, I, I thought that was gone. Um, but yes, I started out when I was probably, hmm, I'm going to say eight, seven or eight. And I started writing stories and I would give them to people for Christmas. So those would be my Christmas gifts. And then when I was 12, I wrote my first novel and that was about a little girl that ran for president. She and her vice president who kind of looked like Charlie Chaplin. I don't ask me why. And, uh, they, and they ended up, you know, winning and all the chaos that ensues when a kid is president, but type that out on the, on the typewriter with my, you know, two finger <laughs> typing. <laughs> yeah. 12 years old and you wrote a novel. Yeah. yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. That is yeah, so, so cool. Okay. And still, I didn't think, you know, that's, I'm not a writer. No. You can't, and you told yourself for so long that. Yeah. And clearly with as many books as you've written, you are. <laughs> so, yes. you know, but I think we do that, right? Do we not yes. tell ourselves um, when our natural talents are trying to manifest themselves into the world, we, we somehow suppress them with our own mental blocks and self-talk? We and can self -talk. be our worst enemy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I love what you said just a little bit ago about, you know, don't worry about how long, you know, the book is and, and that things mm -hmm. like that. Um, as, as you've done this, obviously, several times now, how how long does it take to write a book? Does it really just vary depending on what it you're does? On? And and because I'm, I have the time to do it every day. I try to get things done within mm, four to six months. Uh, now that's slow. There's a lot of people that can write a, a novel a month. There are some that do you know four a year. Um, my comfort zone is is about two or three a year. So um, yeah. 
But, you know, it is. It, it takes as long as it takes. I know people who have been writing one novel for years, for many, many years. And it's just, it takes whatever it takes for you. Whatever your process is, is not wrong. Wow. So I'm curious about the team that you need when you're writing a book. So, you know, there's, you've got an editor and a publisher and there could be a bunch of other people. How do you go about that process of finding a team? Um, Do you tend to work with the same team? Do you work with different people? So I, my first, my novella, uh, The Something That Happened in Pepperville was published by a publisher. And then with the story of Keela, I started sending it out to publishers. And, and again, I was, I was in the mindset of, I want to see this published in my lifetime. And, and I, I don't know what my lifetime is. So I just decided I would go ahead and self-publish. So that is its own learning journey. There's a, there's so much to know. And, and there's so many levels of self-publishing you can just publish it and have it for yourself and and that's fine that's totally fine you can publish it and want other people to read it you can publish it and want it to be you know a top 100 book you know there's all sorts of different things you can you can do all metrics for success but for me i really wanted to sell a lot of books so that requires um that requires for sure an editor. You need a first. You need a, a beta reading team, so they will read your book before it goes to the editor, and they'll say, "Hey, this doesn't this doesn't jive with chapter eight. And so you go through and you make those changes, and then then I send it to my editor. And I, I've had some changes in editing. I it would have been nice to have the same team, but you know it, we all learn, change and grow. And, and this is, this is what's right for me right now. So I, I have, I'm working with a newer editor and, um, then you have to hire a cover artist. So I've got a person who does two different people actually, who are doing my covers. And, um, then I have been, I learned how to do the formatting myself. So I've started that, but otherwise you would have to hire a formatter to have your book formatted for paperback or Kindle. Uh, so, you know, it's a lot. Yeah, this is this is a. It, it sounds like something that you don't do overnight. <laughs> no, you shouldn't. I mean, no. again, if you if you're just wanting it for yourself, great. It's very easy. It, Amazon makes it so easy to publish. So, it, if you just want to get it out there and say, "Hey, I did this," that's okay. Just just yeah. write something, submit it on uh, KDP is what it's called, Amazon KDP, and mm-hmm. you'll have it published within minutes. That's amazing. And I, I, I love that. I love that there's, there are those different avenues because like you said, sometimes there is that, you know, I just, I've got this on me in my head and mm-hmm. my heart, I want to get it out. And then there's a bigger aspirations where people are like right. New York times and, you know, di- different things. So there's absolutely sounds like there's a lot of, you know, success looks different to everyone. So, mm-hmm. um, I, I don't think it's, it, and for a while I really tried to pattern myself after other people and I can't. My my journey is my journey. It's not anybody else's. So this is where I am. Yeah. I, 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 oh man, I'm so happy you said that because one of the messages on, on my show with Born Unbreakable is to be unapologetically you, which is right. you've got your own flair. You've got your own view of how things are. And I, I love the idea of getting inspired from others, you know, and in your case, other authors, other writers, but you've got something special that is yours, you know? And so that I think embracing that unique gift and those talents that we have is is such an important part of the, any creative process, you know, whether you're a writer or some other, you know, kind of gifting is, is remembering that in our journey. Cause I think it's easy to forget and it's easy to kind of look at, you know, someone else and go, Oh, no wonder. Like if I did that, then, you know, ABC would have happened. And I think that's, it's a hard rut if we get stuck in that mentality. And, and part of this whole process for me is, has been getting up in the morning and looking in the mirror and telling myself that, that I love myself and I, and I am worth something. Mm-hmm. And every day I say that before I write oh, so that, that I know that what the words that I'm putting down are, are of value. It's a little bit of a ritual that you do. Yeah. Yeah. What was it like when you got, uh, your first award for writing something? Uh, I still 
still was having a bit of the imposter syndrome and I thought, oh, that was just because, you know, nobody else wanted it or, you know, all sorts of silly things going through my head. And that was the New Apple Award for Humor for Keela. And Keela is not necessarily a humorous book, though there is humor in there. Uh, Mm -hmm. The tone of it is a little more serious. But um, yeah, I so I thought, nah something happened there's so there has even to be a... after winning you still told yourself you I didn't wonder if you deserve it right whoa wow yeah I'm a hard I'm a slow learner <laughs> it takes a me a critic. while <laughs> yeah. you're a hard critic on yourself yeah that's you know I mean and, and and there's it's it's a maybe it's a little bit of a double-edged sword right because in some ways it pushes you to to make sure that you're you know crossing every T and dotting every I, but then at the same time, it can, it can be beating yourself up a little bit too much. So, right. Yeah. And so I really working towards not doing that anymore and I'm fully embracing, I'm so, uh, pleased and honored to have the story of Keela now be a finalist in the page Turner awards. Uh, I, I don't know if you'd call it a contest. Let's call it a contest. Um, and, and I'm owning it. You know what? I, I feel like it, it deserves it. It deserves to be there with those other books. And, and I deserve to be there with those other authors. Absolutely. Well, I, you know, I, it is a serious tone because as I mentioned, I, I started listening to it. I like listening to books because the characters, the voices, that when they change, Mm-hmm. I love the the tone of the voice. It's like, oh, it's mm-hmm. this character now because the voice changes. It kind of, you know, it, it makes characters come to life. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I think that's so fun about listening to books. It's a little bit different than, you know, when you read it, you're not sure. Like, I wonder what they would sound like if that person was, you know, talking. But that's <laughs> that's been a fun experience mm-hmm. listening to your books. What is your... Um, your family and friends think like when they when they got their hands or ears on a first book that you've done what was their reaction to you i think i think the uh most common one has been, I didn't know that was inside you. <laughs> and I don't know if that's a, if that's a compliment or, you know, maybe they think I'm really twisted now. I don't know. <laughs> like, oh, that came out of your head. Really? Yeah. <laughs> Especially I now know. that I do murder mysteries there. Yeah. <laughs> I, okay. So yeah, now, now we're going to, you know, get into this little connection here because I, I love like crime stories and things like that. And it's it's not because I think crime is, is good. I think that I like the psychology behind it. I like the, the storylines, the plots, the characters, whether it's fiction or real. Um, well, and sadly, I mean, the, the, the real ones kind of are, are maybe not so uplifting, right? Because you don't want these different things to happen, but um, it, it does, it makes you think, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that's the beauty of stories. Um, so what, what drew you to specifically doing things like mysteries and crime? You know, I, that's the, those are the kind of shows that I, I enjoy watching the, the, the law and order and the, Me you too. know, I, I just, I, I'm really drawn to those shows on television. And, and as you say, the psychology of it is really fascinating. And one thing I forgot to mention is that uh, as a part of my team, I've always had someone who is a psychologist or a psychiatrist because I'm, first of all, I'm fortunate enough to know those people and I can send them my, uh, send them, you know, my characters and say, would, would this person do this? Is this a realistic thing for them to be thinking or doing? And they'll say yes or no, or, and I'll, you know, and I will, change my character to what to their specifications that this is this is how this would work I Um, that I appreciate you here like hearing that from an author because I think that so many of us as the consumers of stories don't realize how much work mm -hmm. behind the scenes is happening to really bring something that has that much heart in it you know Mm -hmm. because you could you could just say whatever, you know, right, I mean, you don't right. have to necessarily check in with a professional, but the fact that you do that makes it even more intriguing. And the other thing I have, a, a I, you know, Facebook has been a wonderful way to, to uh, reconnect with people that we never thought we would ever see or hear from again. And so I ended up reconnecting with somebody who was in my fifth grade dance class, who happens oh to be gosh. a doctor. And so now I, I, anytime, you know, there's a murder, I'll send it to her and I'll say, okay, is this, 
should I, should we do this or or is there a different is there a better way for this person to die? And she's had some great great should comments. Should we do so. an autopsy now? Yeah. What should the report show? Is that yeah. realistic? Like, <laughs> yes. Yeah, so if I die and and someone goes and reads our conversations, please know they're all fiction. They're they're all fiction. <laughs> I do love that that the disclaimer when you listen to a fiction book, yeah. it's like this story. I mean, even you know, I mean, I I I probably have watched all 20 seasons of law and order <laughs> me too more than once more than once more than love once. elliot love livia olivia benson seriously mishka hargate i would love to meet her one day um mm. i could on any given day have law and order playing in the background all day mm-hmm. just as long as i could hear it i could i hear what's going on i could do chores all around you. the house yep. it's yeah, I don't know what it is. I just have always loved that. I think it's so, yeah, I, I think that's so cool. Um, what is one of the pieces that you're most proud of? I'm sure you're proud of all the work that you do, but is there anything that stands out as like a, whoa, when I look back at that, that is just something that I would, you know. Well, I'm going to say the first, uh, welcome, the first, welcome to Finding Falls, the first book in the Piney Falls series, because I did a lot of research on, um, it's it's a dual timeline, and part of it takes place um, in the early 1900s, and the, there are two immigrant women from Scotland, and I did a whole lot of research on Scotland, and as well as the early uh, atmosphere in the United States that they would have encountered, and so I guess I'm, I'm really proud of that. Uh, th- that was not to say that any other books are any easier. It's just that this was this was more uh, this was more historical research than I had done. Yeah, I think anytime there's like a dual timeline going on, that's really fascinating. You know, you're it's mm-hmm. taking you back, and then now you're forward, and you've got the you know the whole dance back. You know, it it, it adds another element of dynamics to a story. Oh, that's just so cool. So what is next? Like you were talking about three things that you're working on now. Mm -hmm. Tell us more about that. So the next book to be published will be uh, the fifth book in the Piney Falls series called The Twisted Stitch Society. And um, yes, some very, very twisted ladies. (laughs) And then uh, after that will be the sequel to the story of Kila. Um, called Sunflowers and Secrets. And after that will be the second book in the Charming Mystery series. And I'm drawing a blank right now what that's called. Tangerine Dreams, I think. Tangerine something. Yeah. Oh, that's good. Mm-hmm. I feel like I feel like listeners right now should start some book clubs. Yes, please. With your books. Yes. I, I really think, especially with the series, because you can kind of, I, I love, um, I, I would like to get back to book clubs. So I think maybe I'll pick, uh, I'll pick the, the Piney Falls uh, series to start with because um, I love the processing, the kind of juicing that you can do when you talk to other people. It's like, did you see that coming? Because yes. I, I wasn't sure about that. And Were you won't. You... Yeah. Yes. I love both that. In- in Kila and in, in Piney Falls, you won't you won't see the ending coming. And I have done several book clubs. I love, love, love zooming into book clubs because I love to hear what people are thinking when they read. Yeah. That, I mean, because that's the process, right? That's the mm-hmm. beauty of it. It's the same thing when you watch a series or a movie, you know, and you're and you're you're like, for sure. I mean, I'm watching something right now and I'm like, oh, yeah, that person's totally the killer. I mean, mm-hmm. and you're wrong. Like. You're like, no way. And you know, things just take this twist and this turn and you're, you're so enraptured in it that you just, you can't stop. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what I love about the, you know, the kind of stories that you write is because it's the page turner of like, mm-hmm. well, I can't stop now because I have to know what happens, you know? And then all of a sudden hours later, you're, <laughs> you're like, okay. So I'll let you in on a little secret. And I don't know if everybody does, does this, but I do this. When I get to the end and I go, and I don't always know how it's going to end. It's sometimes it just changes as I'm as I'm going and I just let my brain go and oh, that's okay. Well, that's how we're going to end it. So then I will go back and I will I will make sure that I give you little hints all the way. Little hints. So that small ones, small ones. So perhaps you, you could figure it out, but no one has yet on Kila. Um, 
you'll have to let me know if you figure that ending out I know. before you get to the end. I know. I know. I just had a friend admit to me, she does this with movies. I don't know if she does it with books, that she'll go to the ending. I'm like, no, you can't do that. Like it just, you just can't do that. It's not the, you don't keep the integrity of the process if you do that. <laughs> that's like I, true. You know, I just feel like it's, it's a, that's a crime right there. <laughs> you know? Absolutely. So you yeah. okay? So you you watch crime, and obviously you mm-hmm. write these different stories. When mm-hmm. you personally read books, what kind of books do you like to read? So, I have this great fear of of accidentally plagiarizing somebody. Um, so I have sort of cut myself off. I used to be a voracious reader. Uh, I read all the classics. Um, I just I read everything, and now I stick to autobiographies because I just don't want. To... You can't steal those ones. Right. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. I do. Would you, would you write an autobiography? Of, for me? Yeah. Um, I have quite a lot of interesting stuff in my life. And I sat down and tried to write it once, and it was just too close. So maybe, and I was writing it f- fictionally. I mean, it, but it was my life. Yeah. And some of the stuff is just like, you know, people wouldn't believe that that's even true. But so that's why I fictionalized it. But um, I, yeah, I, I, I would like to have my story at least, if not published, but at least privately so that my children would know of my journey. Yeah, because that's, I think those are the things that... I think about that now. I, I, I don't have my own children, but I have nieces. And they're 12 and 14. Um, and I know that, you know, there's just things in families that you want them later in their life to sit down and, you know, read about mm-hmm. stuff of, you know, their ancestry or stories or maybe things that they wouldn't quite understand now. But, you know, 15, 20 years from now, maybe they'll <laughs> understand right, or appreciate right. it differently. And like, I, I feel like there is something in each of us that, questions how do you leave a legacy and writing is such an incredible way to do that whether like right. you said whether it's 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 publicly or privately I think everybody can make those decisions you know for themselves but I do think there's something special about that because it is something that can be passed on um I'm glad that you brought that up because that was that was one of my thoughts in the story of Kila because there are funny little obituaries in many of the chapters. And that's, that was my thinking is that everybody should mean something because I was reading some, somebody's obituary and it was just very perfunctory born, died. That's it. No funeral. And I thought, didn't they, didn't their life mean more than that? And so I just wanted to um, make sure that those people were recognized. They're, they're fictional people, but just show that everybody's life has meaning and everybody's life has something interesting in it. I, you know, it really does. It really does. And I think about that and, and mostly because I'm a coach, you know, I'm, I'm all about finding purpose and having fulfillment. So, um, you know, there's different points we got get in life. And I think it's as we're maturing where you sort of go, go through the accumulation of things that you think will make you happy, which are like physical things. And then I find that it's really not those things, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. it's the, it's the moments, it's the experiences, it's the conversations, it's the journey, um, the high points, the low points. And so there's the, they're not tangible. Like you can't right. buy them, you know, you can't hold them, but right. you have them and they're in here, they're in your heart, they're in your, your spirit, they're in your essence. And when I think about it, going back to the obituary comment, um, you think about, like I, I do, I, I don't know. I think of that word legacy and it's, I mean, when somebody, hopefully somebody like you, you know, I would want somebody like you to write an obituary because it's, you're saying the story of someone's life, mm-hmm. you know, and it, it probably isn't anything that they had. It's about who they are. Right. And that, and their distinct mark on the world. Mm-hmm. And we all, you know, have that in our own unique ways, mm-hmm. in our own communities, you know. And, I, and that's why, too, I like listening to podcasts and things about small town, like, you know, these unsolved stories or, you know, this Bard's Town and like these things where like people are dying and people don't know why. It's like, okay, wait, why? 
You know, like you just want to dig in and figure Mm -hmm. out what is going on. Somebody's in that town. There's a sheriff in that town. There's somebody in that town that knows what's going on, you know? Right. And then they go and interview all the neighbors and all they put all the stories together. But it's, yeah, storytelling, I think, is is one of the um, most brilliant ongoing art forms that there is because I believe that stories are the things that are, is the fabric that brings us together as human being, as humanity, right? Because like, if you, if you watch the news, it's intentionally divisive. It's pointing out all the things that pull us apart, you know, whether it's religion or politics or whatever it is, you know, and stories are the things that we get that common ground and the connections and Absolutely. and then you, you forget about okay well what what color are you and you know all this other stuff it's like gets back to the basic things right. and that's what i love about it because i'm i'm scared of those things too and i'm and these things make me happy and yeah we're we're more alike than we're different yeah yeah so um do you have other writers in your family? Are you like the writer or are there some other I, creatives n- around you? Well, my, my, so I, I believe I'm the only writer, but my daughter, my older daughter is an amazing seamstress. She, she sews all of her own clothes. Um, yeah, she's just, and, and she also does embroidery and she, you name it, she does it. And then my younger daughter, even though she doesn't like to admit it, is a, is quite a, a good artist as well. She she used to do paintings. And um, and as far as more extended family, um, I have musicians in my family. And, and um, yeah, I, yeah, I, I think I'm the only writer, which I'm, I'm good with. That's fine. That's so cool. Mm-hmm. I love it. I love it. I, yeah, I, I, I definitely would love to even just like pick your brain more, you know, sure. offline just because I, I would, yeah, I, I would love that too. Yeah. I, I, I personally want to tap a little bit more into that, you know, and, uh, get into book writing and, um, I have friends at so many different stages, so it's nice to just have those conversations of the journey, you Absolutely. know, what it's, what it's like to put pen to paper or your fingers to the laptop mm-hmm. now I love that you told the story about the typewriter it just yeah. it, it, it it just br- you know it brings us full circle it's like we've had so many different ways to to tell these stories you know and now it's like like you said now there's Amazon mm-hmm. you know I mean does that not kind of level the playing field today totally it totally does yeah for anybody and, and there are a lot of authors who still handwrite things and that's fantastic but my I find my voice comes through the keyboard Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you, so do you, when you write now, do you, uh, always intend to make, you know, things in audio format? Like how do you make a decision about that? Um, I would like to have all of my books in audio format, but the price has just gone up and up and up. So, um, eventually I'm going to do all of them. I, I only, I have th- three, three books in audio right now. And definitely that is in the works Yeah, for the rest of them. That's super cool. I think it's mm-hmm. great for it it makes the car ride experience way better and and most everybody is spending an inordinate amount of time in a car anymore so yeah yeah well and and a lot of people when they travel now um they're starting to do like road trips because Mm -hmm. all the airports and all the craziness it's a little much and so i do find that people are doing a lot more like longer trips and they're trying to figure out how to make their rides more enjoyable so right listening to books is a, is a really great way, especially if you're going far. Absolutely. Like a, like a Nebraska to the Pacific Northwest <laughs> kind of drive. You've got 20 hours. <laughs> you kind of need some, some entertainment there. You know, there's only so many conversations and games that you could play, Absolutely. but you could, you could actually get through because now, nowadays I find, well, there's some books where I've got, I've downloaded them on audible and I'm, I'm like, Ooh, 25 hours. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> but a lot of them I find are less than 10 hours. Right. Of listening right. time. And, and, and I don't, I'm not a person that tends to speed it up because you can do that too. I mm-hmm. like the go with the pace, you know. Um, but it's amazing how you can get through books these days. 
Right. You in a day, you could do right. multiple books. It's kind of crazy if you think about it. Yeah, I I love that format and and like I said, eventually I would I'd really like to get all of my books on audio. That's great. So but before I jump into my kind of personal questions for you, what, you know, what advice would you give um to someone right now who might be questioning um in in times like when you have, if if when they're like Oh, yeah, I mean, I think I've got something to share. I'm not really sure if anybody would read it. I, you know, kind of in that that fear space. And how do you, how, what advice would you give to somebody who is trying to break out of that to put their work out there in the world? So the first thing I would say is that the fact that you're questioning means you have a little voice in you telling you that you should write. And that voice is wanting to be heard. So for sure you need to write something. Now, do you, do you, is it important to you that other people read it? I mean, think about that. Maybe it isn't. Um, so, and that was something also that sort of scared me at first. Well, what if people think this is stupid or this is stupid? And you just have to get over that and say, these are my words. This is what I'm going to say. This is what my soul needs to project to the world and, and put it all on paper. And then you can go back later and, and get rid of some of it if you want. You don't have to publish it, but get it get it out. Get it on the paper, get it on the computer, because, because something inside you is telling you that needs to happen. And then later on, if you want to, you know, work on the next stage, then then that's fine too. But they're not, they're not, um, I can't think of the word I'm looking for. You don't have to do, they're not mutually exclusive. I was if thinking you write of that too, yeah. You don't have to publish it. So those, those are separate things. Mm -hmm. So at least get started, at least get it out. I I, I love that. That is, that is such good advice because you, we, we're all capable. I mean, it's like writing a journal in a Mm -hmm. way too, you know, you, you just get get it out and there's something also cathartic about it. Mm -hmm. You know, (laughs) it's just that, yeah, a little bit of therapeutic feeling of you, you know, it's, 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 you, it's out there and you actually can read it and Mm -hmm. rework it and kind of come back to it. I, I, I love that. That's so cool. Um, okay, so I want to get to people to get to know you a little bit better. Sure. So I'm going to ask you a couple of questions. So my first mm-hmm. question for you is, what are three words that best describe you? Uh, funny and uh, earnest and loving. I was going to say funny because I noticed you have a blog and you are funny. You've got oh, that you. humor. I and I, and that's uh, that's also something I think we need more of too. Because there's a lot too. of seriousness. There sure is. And there's there's time for that. There's a place for that. But I think humor is when when as cliche as it sounds, when you know you hear laughter is the best medicine. I still really feel like that's true. Me <laughs> so, too. Absolutely. You know. Oh, I love that. Okay, what is something? about yourself that you're working on improving? Oh, most definitely my diet. (laughs) Because COVID was no friend of mine as as far as the scale goes. And I, you know, my gym was closed and, and I did a lot more writing, but that also is a lot more sitting. So uh, that's definitely something I am actively working on. Yeah. Getting myself back in the, the right mindset. I feel like people are listening and nodding their heads with you as they hear that. That's been tough. I mean, I, my watch reminds me, you know, it's time to stand again and breathe. And I'm like, oh my gosh, you're right. I've been sitting for hours, <laughs> you know? So yeah, it's pretty amazing these days, especially with the virtual world we live in, how much we have to intentionally be more active. Right. Right. And, you know, before when I would when I would work before COVID, I would get sort of antsy and and then I would have to get up and move. I don't that doesn't happen anymore. So that's not a good thing. I mean, that that was my reminder. Get up and move. So I you know, I still exercise as I exercised before, but I just need I need more and I need to focus more on what I'm eating. So, yeah. Totally understand that. I understand that one for sure. Um, you've talked about this a little bit, but it would be great for you to expand. Um, what's a self-limiting belief that you've had to overcome? That I, I guess what would encompass it the best is just that, uh, that I am not good enough. 
that that's pretty much my whole every aspect of my life is I'm not good enough so I can't write I am not good enough so I can't accomplish this other task I am you know I that's that's my core um challenge Mm -hmm. it's a story that you Mm -hmm. replay and you tell yourself right I know it's and and it's 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 uh one of those things where you know I talk about like a mindset gym basically so you know people go to a physical gym and that's where you work on your you know keeping your cardio heart healthy and different things but you also have to have a a way to continue to create a positive mindset because we do the we do those loops you know we get into like a funk Mm -hmm. where we sort of play replay a a certain message to ourselves. um that we have to do, like you said, I love the practice when you say when you get up in the morning, you're like, I'm a writer. Mm-hmm. This is who I am. This is what I'm doing. And I have a purpose in the world and I have something to say. Yes. You know, so for, for anyone listening, I think it's this is just a wonderful moment to pause and and think about those those negative stories that you tell yourself. You know, how do you how can you flip that around and turn that story into an affirmation? where you encourage yourself instead of put yourself down. It's easier said than done, but I think, it is. you know, like Joanne said, when you, when you practice and it becomes more of a habit, then you start to believe it. And when you start to believe it, then you start to act on it, right? Yeah, for sure. And there, there are so many external stop signs that inside you, you don't want any. You don't need them inside because you're going to encounter plenty just in your, in your, in your Monday or your Tuesday. So put in, put the green light on inside and say, yes, I can. Yes, I can. Mm-hmm. Yes, I'm worthy. Yes, I am meant to do this. Just, just do the thing that you know deep down you were put here to do. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I was going to ask you, do you read the reviews that people do? So I started. And then as I've gotten more, some of them are not very nice. And I just decided, you know, that's more, that says more about them than it does about my book. Because if you are willing to get on there and say, I don't like this because this, 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 and this, I think that you're having a a bad day. I think there's something in your life that makes you want to make somebody else feel miserable. So Mm -hmm. um, I just, I've stopped reading them. Yeah. I don't need that. Yeah. I'm with you. I, I, uh, it's, it is, it's one of those things, right? It, it can, it can be not a good time investment, you right. know? So, yeah. And, and generally speaking, when people have something to say, it's a reflection of them, right? So right. Has, it has nothing to do with you. So, right. <laughs> I mean, that's, right. that's how that works. But, yeah, that's, that's really good insight. Um, Joanne, what is one thing that you would want to see changed in the world? Oh, just one thing? <laughs> I know. Um, <laughs> I would like to see some sort of a social media revelation that we would not be allowed to be mean to each other anymore, that there, that there's no such thing as negative, evil, mean comments on anything that it's only positive. If, if you, I don't know how that would happen, but you know that it, I would like to see that because I think it's ruined so many lives and and killed so many dreams because these comments were just so undeservedly nasty. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's what I would like to, anywhere, in any any social media site, they're, they're just, people are just mean, and I would like to see that end. I agree. I agree with you, especially to, because today it's, it's the dominant medium that mm-hmm. people consume information, share information, uh, absorb information from that, you know, that the more we can be kind to one another and have respect for the, the things that we're doing in the world, instead of putting each other down, it would be such a better place. Mm -hmm. So I, I would love, I would absolutely love that too. Um, okay. My next question for you is what is one of the best pieces of advice that you've ever been given? Hmm. I guess I guess that one of the best pieces of advice was just to be 
be who you are and let other people catch up. That's so true. I love that. Yeah. And, and, and not, not everybody, everybody's time clock is a little bit different. Not everyone is going to be where you are when you're there. Right. Right. I mean, it's taken me half a century to get to the point where I can confidently say that I'm a writer and that I love myself. And so take, take the time that you need, but don't wait for somebody else. Go on your own path, go at your own speed. Yeah. That's beautiful. Oh, I love that so much. Joanne, how can people follow you? So I did announce your website. So joannekeeter.com. Are there other ways that people can connect with you? I am on Facebook. I have Joanne Keeter author. Um, You can connect with me there. Also Instagram, um, Joanne underscore Keeter underscore author. Um, But, you know, just just shoot me a a message on on um, my website. I would love to hear from you. I'd love to hear your thoughts on on depression and on finding yourself. And and if you read the books, if you like them, um, I, I would love to connect with with people. Yeah. And do you haven't do you have any words on, you know, mental health. I've, I've done kind of extensive mm-hmm. episodes and things like that on the past. I know you've got had your own personal journey. And um, is there anything that you would want to say to to somebody out there who might be going through their own journey right now? I spent so many years just trying to swim upstream, just telling myself, okay, I can, I can do this. I can fight this. And the depression and the anxiety have just gotten worse and worse and worse. And this is how it worked for me. It doesn't necessarily work this way for other people, but getting on medication has made all the difference in the world. I, I was very resistant to it because I thought, oh, I don't need to be on another medication, but it has really, it's changed my life. And it, and it, it has actually affected my writing in that I'm, I can be more focused. Mm-hmm. So I would say if you're afraid to be medicated because social stigma or, or you don't want to be on medication, don't let that stop you because you, you need a chance to be able to roll over on your back and, and just float for a while. Mm-hmm. Everyone that's, deserves that's, that. That's great. That's great. I'm, I'm really glad you said that because I do think that there is a stigma and there's fears of, oh no, what if you, and, and part of it too is the way that certain things are promoted in the news, especially right. like, you know, we see all this negativity around opioids or, you know, like, oh no, this something bad's going to happen or I don't want that or medicine is going to, you know, be bad for me. So mm-hmm. I'm glad that you are acknowledging how helpful it really is. Yeah. It's, what are it's, the, go ahead. What other support would you say um, is important to have when you, when you do face depression and anxiety? Uh, a counselor, if you can, if you can get one, um, I know that they are cost prohibitive for a lot of people, unfortunately, in this country. But um, if there's any way that you can find a counselor or people who are willing to listen to you, um, may not necessarily be a family member. It may be somebody you barely know. But if they're a person who's a good listener, sometimes that's all you need is just to get those words out and just to hear them and hear that. Oh, those that doesn't. That's not. That sounds really bad. So maybe I shouldn't be thinking those things. Um, sometimes that's a help. Uh, so I would say a counselor, find a support group if you have one or have the need for one. I'm sort of an introvert, so that's not really something that would, would be a good thing for me. But for other people, it may be. Um, be honest with your family and tell them how you're feeling. That's a that's a brave step too. But it's just so much easier than trying to keep a secret and hide things. And um, you've got enough that you're dealing with, you know, you're, you're swimming, you're swimming hard. Don't give yourself a, a, a bigger current to swim in if you don't have to try and try and make things a little easier around the, you know, around the sides if you can. So um, I think, yeah, I think those are the things that I would suggest. And, and look, I know that that's not realistic for everyone. Um, some people have families that are just would disown them if they knew they were having mental health issues. And, and I'm so sorry for that. Uh, but find someone in your life that, that is willing to listen to you. Mm-hmm. Cause you do matter and people Absolutely. do care about you and, and, uh, there are resources and there are people. You know, maybe it's not every person that's around you, but absolutely there are, there is 
a, a handful of people that you can trust and get around that can be there to support you mentally. Because I, I do believe that um, now more than ever, mental health is incredibly important. Um, Absolutely. You know, j- just as important as it is our physical health, our mental state um, is is the things that, you know, connect us like we just talked about. So that's, that's so critical. Um, but... I, I'm so grateful, Joanne, for you coming on the show. It's been amazing talking with you and just learning about your journey um, in writing. And I just, you know, anybody listening, I would I would encourage you to, um, I hope that this episode in, uh, inspired you to tap into that creative spirit, whether it's writing or it's piano or it's, you know, something else that's in you. Um, I, you know, sadly, the story listening about your husband, um, we tomorrow is not promised. We, we don't, we don't, there isn't a magic ball, you know, that tells us when our time is. We do know there is a time, like we know that much. Um, but so we do, we do have to live and, and, and just take that brave step of doing the things we love because that's, that's where we get joy. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And you deserve joy. Everybody deserves some joy. Absolutely. Well, it's been incredible. I'm excited to continue listening to your amazing books. And I know anybody who's, um, if, cause I do get asked that question too, is like, Oh, what are, what do you recommend? You know, if you're listening, definitely look up Joanne's website, see her books, add them to your arsenal, whether it's you just personally needing some time to read something for yourself, or you want to start a book club. Um, it's, it's such wonderful content to hop into. So, uh, definitely encourage people to do that because it'll be, it'll be worth your while for sure. Thank you so so much. I really appreciate your having me. This was just such a great experience. Awesome. Thank you so much, Joanne. I appreciate you. I appreciate you too. Thank you. It was such an amazing experience to interview Joanne Keeter, award-winning author. And honestly, dive in and learn more about the writing process. It has always fascinated me. I've always had such admiration for people who write and author any kind of books. I I am a certified nerd and read everything from fiction to um, autobiographies to crime and everything in between. Uh, I have a pretty extensive library of physical and audio books. So to just be able to dive into the mind of an author like Joanne, who is writing all the time, probably every day, was such an amazing experience and honestly, very inspiring because I have been uh, on a personal journey of the books that I want to write. And she had a wonderful conversation with me after uh, the interview where she just had such great encouragement to help me think about the writing process and and go forth and, and do that and not you know put too much pressure on myself as far as time and and length and all of that. So I am going to do that. I am going to start writing and get deeper into the journey because I think it is such an amazing way to share with the world. Obviously this podcast is awesome, but being able to uh, do a book is just another another way to share um, learnings and all of that. So. If you are in that boat uh, where you want to write a book, I would encourage you to check out joannekeeter.com. Check out the show notes for the link. And she actually does have resources on her website if you need a bit of inspiration, uh, like myself. I personally am going to revisit some of those resources, uh, but also check out her material. I do think it is a time when we need to take a break and uh, get out sometimes from our our funk or our just day that we've done so much or we've had stress to be able to delve into a good book is always a nice way to take a break and to learn something new and make you think about things differently. So uh, her books are great. 
I've enjoyed listening so far. Uh, yep, joanneketer.com. You'll know what book she has, how to buy them. They're on Amazon and it's fantastic. So all of that being said, tap into your genius zone, tap into your gifts and your talents. And if there's anything that I learned from Joanne's story about her husband, it's the time is now. The time is now for us to be pursuing our dreams, our goals, because there isn't the perfect way that things shake out. It's just getting going and it will fall into place, whatever that is for you. Uh, Maybe it's a book, maybe it's a marathon, (laughs) maybe it's just a personal goal that you've had for yourself. Do yourself the service of leaning in and getting started. And if you need help and encouragement, feel free to reach out to me. If I am not the resource for you, I will plug you in to somebody who I think can help you because that is One of the things that I love to do is to connect people so they can make their dreams a reality. Thank you for tuning in to the Born Unbreakable podcast. Remember that you are your only limit, so take action today and tune in again next week for another inspiring episode.